Hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. Hi, John. How are you this week? Hi, Elliot. How, how are things? They're okay. Uh, so FinCEN released a bunch of uh, historical information, uh, SAR filing data. Um, they do it by uh, uh, they did it for a long period of time from uh, so it's all of 2014 through all of 2021, um, and then they categorize the data in a number of ways. I assume you saw the announcement of that release. Yeah, I'm sure others will. Uh, you know, slice and dice the data because they sort of just, this isn't a criticism, but they sort of just give it to you and then you can uh, go through the spreadsheets and maybe come up with some things. A couple of things struck me, and obviously we've both been doing uh, SAR information reviews for a long time, but um, I found so- some of the statistics could be helpful in terms of uh, training and due diligence, like categorization, but I think you have to recognize that there's multiple categories for each uh, defined activity because you know uh, you and I might file the same SAR on the same activity but we might characterize it differently you might check a box I might decide to, to write a narrative and so they're you know searching the words that sort of thing so I think you got to recognize that I also sort of the age-old issue going back to my ABA days was when we started to see a large number of filings in Delaware Initial question was, why is that? And of course, then and to some degree still today, credit card operations are there. So what will happen is you'll file a SAR on a credit card fraud and you'll list Delaware. So it doesn't mean that activity is originating or occurring in that state. So you have to sort of look at some of the stats with a John decide. But I do think, um, you know, we've we've only both gone through a couple of the categories. One of the things that's still clear and and might be driven to change based on the the anti-money laws that we've talked about and that is um filings on um uh structure so you know below the ctr threshold that's still according to the statistics the second overall filing category and i think that that's an area where we've talked about this policymakers and regulators may get to a point where you don't have to file extensive detail on that going forward. You can simply send it in. It was an $8,000 transaction or whatever, and let the government folks sort of sort it out. Um, yes, yes. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. Um, it's interesting. So last year, uh, in all the different ways that structuring gets defined, there were about a half a million SARs that fit into the uh, the larger structuring bucket, um, and that um, uh, continues. I mean, that has increased every year uh, across the years that are covered by the the eight years that are covered in this data. So um, it is going up. Uh, the question is, you know, what's the what's the risk profile that goes with? It? And at this point, it's. Uh, it's really just a you know an on off switch. There isn't any. If they're high risk, you have to figure it out in your investigation, kind of a thing. Right, and you know one of the other exhibits break it down 
by uh, by year in addition to the the seven year totals. And just looking at these things quickly, um, a couple of things struck me: mass marketing uh, as a category uh, in 2021. So mass marketing fraud schemes up to 20,000 last year, 19,000, and you go back to 2018, it was only 9,000. So that's interesting. I'd be curious what experts think about that. And then, of course, you know the credit card fraud that we just alluded to, still very high, uh, 140,000 in 2021, uh, and it's been over over 120 for the past five years. So that's still is one of the, a major way in which frauds are committed. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, we certainly saw, it's interesting to look, I mean, again, you can guess what the reasons are, but the fra- fra- even though fraud was a significant, a very significant issue during um, the uh, worst part of the pandemic in uh uh, 2020 and 2021, um, the big jump in overall fraud-related SARS was between 2018 and 2019, um, and so the big, the biggest, uh, the biggest single-year jump from one year to the next. So, um, I think the again, as you said, there'll be people who will do all kinds of analysis much deeper than I'm capable of doing, um, but. The key here is um, there is a lot of information um, and analysis is worthwhile, um, but trying to find those nuggets that you described earlier, the ones that help us understand how to improve our programs and how to train train people and even systems to watch for the right things is is the trick. Right. Um, You know, and some of the things sort of confirms what we continue to believe are major challenges, identity theft, still, you know, the, the total percentage is, you know, maybe four and a half percent, but still top 10, right? So credit card fraud, identity theft, check fraud, sort of the garden variety things that we're concerned about. I noticed um, things like elder exploitation, um, not a lot, but the overall filings, depending on your definition of a lot, 214,000 since that was an identified crime. So that's still obviously to those folks that are impacted by that. That's, that's a big number. Uh, mortgage, mortgage fraud. Um, you know, there's some really, you know, you could probably spend a, a bit of time sort of walking through all this. I, I would just mention a couple other quick things and then I want to hear your final thoughts. We see a lot of um, uh, um, uh, ads about reverse mortgage fraud. No filings on reverse mortgage fraud since uh, 2018, zero on SARS. Now that doesn't mean it's not happening. Uh, and there's some identification uh, in some of the footnotes that you'll have to look at, but that sort of jumped out at me. And then changing, um, uh, exchanging cash, you know, small bills for large bills, uh, that's mentioned over 7,600 times in 2021 as a possible uh, source of illegal activity. So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, and that that's particularly interesting given that we continue to hear about the ever decreasing amount of cash that's being used in the economy. The point is, there still is cash, and if you've got it and you're looking for ways to uh, try to hide that money, um, you still have to go through some of the 
kinds of steps that we've, you and I have been talking about, and we've seen presentations at conferences for the last 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so little fun trivia, the uh, categorization uh, is 97 separate categories. Um, Suspicion concerning the source of funds is number one. Number 97, chip walking. And the reason I know that term is because we've been able to sit down and interview some of our peers from the uh, gaming industry that talk about that. So uh, obviously there's some broad categories here. There's some relatively new reporting that that would sort of explain some of that, um, you know, minimal gaming with large transactions, that sort of stuff. But there's some uh, fun relative terms, some fun stuff here to look at and look through. And like I said, I think there'll be some of our colleagues will be working on analysis going forward. And maybe we can do uh, an actual hour long program at some point and sort of walk through some of these things and try to understand what we learned from all of this. Yes, uh, that would be, uh, I think that would be useful once the analysis is done. It'll, I'll be curious also to see if FinCEN puts out any uh, analytics to go with the raw data. Um, the, the nice part is if you want to do your own analysis, all of this, is, these are all in Excel spreadsheets that are easy to access. And then once you access them, you can go in and uh, put them into edit mode and start, you know, uh, applying whatever analytic tools you have to figure out where it takes you. So John, um, I know you're off to Puerto Rico, so we're actually recording early in the week this week because uh, you're going. So uh, I'll let you put in the shameless plug for that. The uh, uh, We are uh, Right Source, one of several sponsors of the Puerto Rican Bankers uh, Anti-Money Laundering Conference that they've been doing for many, many years. Obviously the past two years, because of COVID, we weren't able to. And we'll have some uh, sessions on a number of things like enforcement, regulator panels, um, the the challenges of the marijuana businesses, human trafficking, and, and the like. So another opportunity to connect with peers and colleagues and uh, discuss issues with the private and public sector. So we're looking forward to that. Yes. And uh, uh, this mo- the April webinar uh, in our monthly webinar series is on domestic terrorism. And I'll be uh, sitting with a panel of... Uh, experts and talking about this uh, continually emerging and expanding topic, both in the U.S. and uh, uh, abroad. So uh, please to uh, register for that. That's April 28th, and it'll it'll live stream at 1 p.m. Eastern time. John, I will, you have a safe trip. Enjoy the conference, and I will talk to you next week. Take care, Elliot. Talk soon. Bye-bye.